0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And welcome back to another episode of the Golden Blogs podcast, the BearCast uh, special edition today, since it's National Signing Day. It's Wednesday, National Signing Day, so... Yeah, we figured uh, we might get some uh, insight into who we brought in, just talk about the screen class, some of the coaching hires, all that good stuff, and so, yeah, so there's no real format to this, we're just going to run down through um, the guys we got, and then uh, we'll go from there, right? Love that sound. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we may actually made two coaching hires this week, so we'll start off with that. We uh, hired a defensive line coach, Jerry, I'm going to butcher this name, Azinaro. did I get that right? I think I got that right.
2: They call him Az, right? Yeah.
1: And then we had a defensive backs – or did we already talk about the defensive backs coach? I'm not sure. Uh, I said let's just do the whole – Let's just run down, all right? Head coach, Justin Wilcox. Offensive coordinator, Bo Baldwin. Defensive coordinator, Tim DeReuter. Defensive backs coach, Jared Alexander. Defensive line coach, Jerry Azenaro. Wide receivers coach, Nicholas Edwards. Offensive line, Steve Greatwood. Passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, Marcus Tuisa Sopo. And then that's it for now. Uh, we still have not hired a running backs coach. We still have not hired a linebackers coach. We still have not hired a special teams coach.
2: Right. we got our strength, strength and conditioning right. strength
1: and, coach. Uh, head strength and conditioning coach is Tori Becton. There you have it. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, our brand-new, newest hires, Jerry Azanaro. He was the lineman, D-line coach in Oregon from '09 to tw- 2012, I believe. And then when Chip left for the Eagles job, he followed Chip to the Eagles job. And then when Chip moved to the Niners job, he followed Chip to the Niners job. So he's fresh out of a job. Uh, He, I believe, was the head recruiter for Eric Armstrong. No, was it Eric? Or DeForest Buckner? One or the other. Or maybe both? Is it both? Okay, it is both. And basically developed
2: them into first round draft picks by the Niners. Big time.
1: (laughs) Big time. They were really good when they were in college.
2: They were good last year. Uh, uh, Armstead, not so much. But DeForest (laughs) Buckner was legitimately good last year. He's the only really bright spot on the Niners.
1: Yeah. Um, And then I don't know who else. I can't remember who the other one was. I'm pretty sure it was Gerald Alexander. I might be wrong, though. Or was it Tim DeReuter that happened? This week? Yeah. Or last week.
2: Last week. I think De reuter happened last week.
1: I think De reuter did have
2: With Gerald Alexander started treating, tweeting Bay Area rappers. Yeah. And that was like over the weekend? Yeah. Was that last weekend? Man.
1: Might have been. Oh my God. Everything is, is just mumbo jumbo right now. So, um, uh, I don't, I don't remember.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, as far as De reuter goes, I was pretty excited. I think the whole staff as a whole is very impressive. I thought, what uh, Avi tweeted out about um, this being the most impressive staff possibly ever assembled at Cal was pretty accurate.
1: Yeah, I think I think some more hype would have came if we had gotten someone else at defensive coordinator, like if we had gotten Jimmy Lake or if we had gotten Taj back. Like it would have, it would have, the hype train would have built significantly, right? But at the same time, you got so much experience at every single positional, except, you know, the younger guys, right? Like the the Gerald Alexanders and the Nicholas Edwards. But in terms of coordinators, you got so much experience. you got head coaching experience and coordinator experience at both offensive and defensive coordinator. Like that's, for a he- first-time head coach, like what more can you ask for? You're going to rely on them a lot. Oof, I love these hires. Um, yeah, the Tim DeRoyter one for me is a, just a little bit up in the air just because of, people saying that, you know, the, one of the reasons he faulted towards his end, the end of his reign at Fresno State was because he didn't like to recruit, or I don't know if, if it was he didn't like to recruit, or if he just wasn't good at it, but either way, you know, it was just one of those, so I was like, mm. kind of wanted a, like a really good lead recruiter at the defensive, on the defensive side, but... you been
2: burned, you've been burned by Art Kaufman, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If we didn't have Art Kaufman as D coordinator, then you'd be all right with it. No, <laughs> I'd say that. I think uh, I think I agree with you, but I was like, I was pretty pleased with it. Of all the options that were available, I thought it was like a pretty strong.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a good plan B.
2: Yeah, exactly. Plan B. I wanted Jimmy Lake too, but there's nothing you can do if it was money. It yeah. seems like it was just a money issue.
1: Yeah, either that or Peterson was very convincing. It could be both. I think, I think it could be both. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything's coming together real solid. Um, the only question marks, of course, we have left is special teams running back and linebackers. It, I think what Nam said on Twitter was perfect. Like, he wanted a young linebackers coach who was just an energetic recruiter. And I said, exactly. Like, I, that's, I think, the best role you want, right? If linebacker is the most pressing need we have going into the next couple of years... Then you want your lead recruiter to be at that position and be able to coach up the crap out of all those linebackers. You know, be in their face on the field on the sideline, and so yeah. I remember we talked about this. We we wanted one of those guys that were on the field. You know, jumping up and down into the defensive players' arms, like getting them hyped up. Like, and if they if they did something wrong, just rip one into them. And then if they did something great, like you know, pat them on the helmet and. Give, give them, you know, high fives and all and then and go on their merry way.
2: So, yeah. I, so, <laughs> once again, that was a little bit more animated than Art Kaufman. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that you. there's a trade-off. The trade-off is that that young, that young coach, even Tosh, like, we can use Tosh as an example. If it is Tosh, certainly you're getting the dynamic recruiter. Um, and I, I personally think that Tosh is a really good coach, but you never know how it's going to translate up. Yeah. And what we do know with Droider is it can translate down. And our standards aren't very high at all. You know, even when he was bad at Fresno State, the defense was still in better than 100. Cal. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> how bad could it really be? Can not be possibly worse than last year? And then you add in the fact that Wilcox is already a defensive-minded coach, and it almost feels like it's a pretty safe play. So, yeah, on the recruiting side, I, I understand it. Um, but from everything I've read about all the other coaches we have, and you look at somebody like Steve Greatwood, for example, that can recruit on both sides of the ball, uh, it might not have to be DeReuter that goes out and gets these people in the door. It could be that Justin Wilcox, you know, people forget that Tedford was a pretty damn good recruiter himself. Yeah. So Wilcox could have a bigger role in – Uh, closing the door and sealing the deal, so to speak. Whereas, like, Gerald Alexander likes to say, exactly. Get him coffee. Coffee me. So, yeah, I I think the recruiting side, yes, for sure, I agree. But at the same time, like, it might in the end be a little bit safer than if we'd brought on someone younger, not named Tosh, and they didn't or weren't able to make that jump into being a Pac-12 defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a solid... Solid analysis of it. Um, but so the question just remains, you know, how we're, how they're going to fill out the staff. And which, by the way, there was a press conference on campus today about National Sign Day and all the guys that, you know, faxed in their letters of intent. One of the big things that they asked him at, um, or they asked Wilcox at the press conference was about the other positional coaches. And he did say, you know, we're working on that. I'd say sooner rather than later. Um, but, you know, we're still working on it. So...
2: And right after that, grad assistant from Oregon yep. coming on down.
1: Yeah, so I it's you know what I I like the the fact that they took a little longer with this. I think Co- Coach Wilcox. This is just my thought process of it. Coach Wilcox gets the job and he looks at the timeline and he goes, even if we rush to get in all our all the coaching staff set within the next week, that only leaves us about a week and a half till national signing day we're not going to go out and all of, all of a sudden pull these recruits and make these relationships, right? Nor are we going to burn bridges and go after guys that we recruited at those previous universities, which is what they did, right? They didn't go after any guy that, you know, Wilcox recruited on defense at Wisconsin or Paul or Baldwin recruited um, to Easter Washington or, or Tim DeRuyter had uh, ties to when he was at Fresno State up until this past January, right? So they, they didn't exploit any of that, which I think is a good thing.
2: They did it the right way. Yeah,
1: they did do it the right way. They didn't pull any... If, you know, if a recruit basically says, like, I want to come with you, coach, that's different versus a coach going up to the recruit and saying, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. Come with me. Come with me. So, yeah, I I like the process that he decided to go with this, and now they're taking their time with the running backs coach and the, the linebackers coach, and they're going on from there. I think the linebackers coach people might say, you know what, maybe if we had one installed... We could have pulled a couple more. That might be true, but the quality is also a big thing too, right? And if we get a linebackers coach like we're expecting – or not we're expecting, but we hope as a young, energetic guy who-, who is a very good positional coach, then I'm willing to give up a class, you know, to get the right guy in to set up the future of that position. You know, we did not have to – you don't have to rush and try and overpay or reach on a, you know, a supposed superstar at that position – in terms of coaching, just just so you can match the timeline and maybe get in a couple more guys just for this, you know, this recruiting cycle.
2: I agree with you. I think we played a conservative game. Everyone's going to look at this. It was a very underwhelming signing day. Yeah, I well, wouldn't disagree with anyone who said that, but it was by design. Yeah, and so we have to be okay with that. And we saw the negative ramifications that can come when you fill up a bunch of San Jose State folks into coming up to Cal and they never see the field and you have them on scholarship and that spot can't be filled later on. Like that really hurt us. Yeah. And so I actually think that, yeah, the class is small. You don't have a team that needs all that much. No. I know it sounds kind of silly to say because it's like, oh, rebuild, you got a new coach. We're really not resetting all that much on offense. Nope. We're
1: not resetting that much on defense, I believe we have eight starters back on defense.
2: Exactly. So, So I feel pretty good. Yeah. I'm just more excited about the coaches we have. Yeah. But we should dive into uh, the press conference, because I'm eager to hear how that was. Um, The
1: press conference, very short and sweet. I believe it lasted about 18 minutes. So, you know, how it started off was they showed a bunch of uh, tape of every single recruit that got signed in, and then... Um, Coach Wilcox came up and gave a little spiel about the recruiting class as a whole, um, and he did say, you know, it was it was a hectic couple of weeks, you know, a, he said a lot of hotel rooms, a lot of rental cars, and a lot of home visits, and he believes that he, got, he brought in the guys that are going to help them compete for championships, and you know what, of course people are going to take that with a grain of salt just because half those guys that he that he brought in he didn't recruit like they just committed to the school and he just like reassured them and which is why they stuck guys like chase garbers guys like Tariq johnson and those guys right so yeah it was uh i i just want to echo that point is like this class in terms of when we look back at wilcox's cal career and say that might have been his achilles heel we can't say it for this class because this class is kind of like an asterisk like you you can't you can't give a grade for this class because he came in so late and already had like ten of those scholarships filled by guys that committed to the previous coach, so he just tried. He just tried his very best to keep the class together, and then just bring in those guys and then try to coach them up. Which I think that there's a couple of hidden gems in this class too. But yeah, um, <clears throat> back to the point of the original press conferences. Yeah, he he said everything that he wanted to say, and then we started asking him questions. They asked him about um, the recruits. They asked him about the positional staff that they haven't hired yet like the running back special teams and he on that note he did say sooner rather than later so there is that i don't know how much sooner rather than later means but that's what he that's what he said
2: did they uh give us spring ball schedule at all and and did have they made a decision on open versus closed practices um uh, i think a couple of us asked they did say
1: there is a spring ball schedule set in terms of like dates and times so i believe the players all know you know this is when we're starting spring ball practice. And then I believe there's an actual game set too. But I don't think they've decided yet whether or not it's going to be open to the public. Um, if if it's not open to the public, they'll at least open up a couple of us to the media. So we could probably check a couple of those out and then do a little podcast on uh, what we saw from the field that day. Uh, but yeah, so there's no no real news there yet. I think Wilcox is kind of deciding that whether to go to Ted for route or go the Dykes route for that so but yeah um other than that I mean he talked a lot about the recruits um he talked you know just about how he wanted guys in and people asked I think this was the key takeaway for me from that press conference when Wilcox was up there was uh, they asked him some member of the media asked him about you know your defensive-minded coach are you were you kind of upset or disappointed by the amount of the linemen or linebackers that you got in, considering the fact that those two positions are probably your weakest positions on it, at least on the defensive side? And he said, "You know what? Like we didn't want to, we didn't want to reach on any guys, and we believe the guys that we brought in fit our mold and are best for our program." And I looked at that and I said, "Perfect. Like it. I'm glad that you didn't reach on like a couple two stars that you might have saw flash. You know, you didn't." try and waste time going out to, you know, wherever, you know, Texas or Wisconsin or Georgia or or Louisiana, like trying to pull guys last minute um, just because you thought they might be an impact player. Um, He also talked about the recruits as a whole, saying there's a lot of guys that we brought in thinking that they might contribute now, but there's a lot of guys that we also think that can contribute later. But at the same time, we won't know definitively of any of those until we get into spring and fall practice. Like he's saying, there's guys that we might think right now are long-term prospects, but come fall camp, like if they're playing amazing, they're going to they're gonna play. So, yeah, I think he's, he's taking the it's, – it's fun to see how he talks about the recruits as like a, not projects, but just just kids he can coach up. Um, he gave that sense of like, oh, that's it's not a two star, a three star, a four star, a five star. It's, it's guys we believe that are good enough to compete for championships. And if if they're not good enough yet, I am gonna make them good enough. Like that's that's the kind of tone he kind of gave, and I love that. I love that. I mean, because there were times when you and I were there um, at football games this year, and Sonny was like, you know what? We, on the defensive side, we just need better athletes. Like better athletes means better tackling. And I know you and I were, like, puzzled when he said that. And, um, but, yeah, uh, so that was all for Wilcox. And then some of the other positional coaches were there. All the other positional coaches that were hired were there. So TJ Sopa was in the back. Alexander was in the back. Edwards was in the back. Tim Reuter was in the back. Bo, Bo Baldwin was there. Um, Bo Baldwin got crowded real quick as really? soon as the Wilcox thing was over. That's who they wanted to talk to, most of the media. Alexander and Nick Edwards from the back kind of twirling their thumbs because no one was no one wanted to talk to them yet. So I went up and talked to Alexander and uh, and Edwards for a little bit. Um, And the two biggest takeaways from each guy was Edwards. He's excited. I I don't I can't put another word to it. He. There's the twinkle in his eye when I asked him if he looked at any of the recruits or any of the guys that he has. Like, is there any tape he watched? He said, "Yeah, I watched some tape on Vic, Warren, Stovall, VC, and D. Rob." And he's like, "They're very fast." He's he's like as and he laughed as he said it. And he's like, "I got a lot of speed to work with." And the big quote that I got from him was that he said, y- "You know what? You don't get this kind of speed in the big sky." So I think he's really excited at the prospect of working with. Guys with this much athleticism and ability, um, especially with the fact that D-Rob and and Stovall are going to be sophomores next year, I think that only helps. With VC being a senior and Stovall and and D-Rob being sophomores, having one year of conditioning under their belt, one year of actually playing in the Pac-12 under their belt, too, and how good they were, they're only going to get better. Um, And he said... About the wide receivers, yeah, you know, we're going to just put him in the best position to win, whether we put D Rob on the outside or on the inside or Stovall on the outside or in the H-back position or, or whatever. You know, we're just going to, like he said, uh, you know, like I look at D Rob's speed and I'm enticed by the fact that I can run fly sweeps with him because he's so fast. Um, and, and I was, and yeah, he's just, he just sounded so excited at the prospect. And he's like, I just can't wait to. Get on the field and start working with these guys.
2: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah,
1: um, and then the two things from Alexander. Uh, the guy's hilarious, by the way. Alexander is such a fun guy to talk to. And I asked the first thing I asked him was about the tweets. You know, I asked him about like the Bay about Area the rappers. Yeah, I asked him about the Bay Area rappers, and I, was, I asked him about all the hashtags. Great question. Yeah, I asked him about what you did know. you ask? So I who's so his favorite? So he decided he didn't have a favorite. He just he was so excited to come to the Bay Area, and he knows the music here, which is weird. Uh, but you know he knew of the music, he knew of the players, so that's why he just he just couldn't contain himself. <laughs> um, and he said, I asked him like, you know, who comes up with those hashtags and stuff like the coffee bee, right? And the the like the hype and like get it and all that like, you know, all that all those hashtags. And he said, you know what, like. Um, he said, as much as coaching is a business, um, I want to have as much fun with it as possible, too. And I just want to show uh, recruits or players or whoever is going to be following my Twitter that this is how I am. Like, this is my personality. Like, here's he's he's literally wearing his heart on his sleeve or on the Internet. And he's like, yeah, no one tweets it out for me. That's all me. Um, those are all my tweets. And I was like... Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun this year retweeting you all year (laughs) long. (laughs) Um,
2: That's really cool.
1: Yeah. The big thing I took away from Alexander, though, two quotes. Uh, The first thing was that I asked him, what type of recruits do you want? And he said, I want dogs. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean by dogs? And he said, he wants guys that are willing to learn, willing to get better, and willing to just plow through the hard stuff. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I was like, are you looking for a prototypical size or anything? He's like, no. Like, of course you want faster, stronger, you know, taller, lankier. But we're going to go for the guys that fit our system and the guys that will fit the mold and the caliber of this university. like, this is a great public education. And he's like, if you want the education here more than I do, then you deserve to be here. And I was like, wow. (laughs) I was so taken aback. And the big, like the, and the number one quote I got from him as we were talking about this earlier before we started recording was he said, um, you really have to love the game of football to play. When I said why, he's like, the amount of time you put into practice is so little compared to the amount of playing time you're going to get on any given Saturday. He said playing time on any given Saturday is so slim and the amount of practice you put in is so much that you really need to love the game of football in order to play it. I was like, wow, I've never looked at it from that perspective, right? You always think of like, oh, practice is just practice leading up to the game, but then you have to realize that all the guys that maybe get one or two snaps every Saturday, but they're practicing the same amount as the starters. You so know,
2: fifty to sixty to seventy hour a week job, yeah, from, and on top of a class load, yeah,
1: for ninety minutes of game time, which you're not even guaranteed to play all of. It's nuts, or not not ninety minutes. Sorry, sixty
2: minutes. It's a really cool. Pers- that's a really cool perspective. Yeah. Really cool, and definitely one that's gained from him being a player and a very successful player, <laughs> a very
1: good successful player.
2: So it's, I I think that alone as a recruiting, like if I was recruiting, hearing that I'd be like, oh, that's that's really cool.
1: That's who I'd want to play for. Yeah, if I was a, yeah. I was a DB, I I would want to play for the if that if that type of coach comes into my living room and tells that to my parents, I'm saying I'm signing a, I'm signing up with him right now.
2: <laughs> like, I'm going go with this guy. Yeah, now. I'm
1: going with this guy. <laughs>
2: He knows what he's talking about. Yeah,
1: no stranger danger here. I'm going, I'm
0: going with that guy.
2: I think there's something to be said about matching like expectations with reality as much as possible when, you, when you're when you in those situations and being able to talk from that level of experience and putting yourself in the shoes of where you were as a player. I will say as a, as a quick aside, <coughs> only because Gerald Alexander is a former player, yep. there was a very cool element uh, today on Twitter about with former players that are now in the NFL reaching out over Twitter and saying, Hey, if you weren't, if you didn't sign on national signing day, this is just the beginning. Yeah. This isn't the end. Forsett. Forsett did it. Cecil shorts did it. Uh, it was, it was fascinating. Yeah. And, um, I think that ties very well into what Gerald Alexander's talking about. And it's, it's unique. And if you find that type of person and you can match them with that type of leader, Really good things can happen,
1: yeah, and yeah. I guess I don't want to keep adding, but just one more I just love talking to Alexander. Um, and one more thing to know from Alexander is I asked him if he's watched any tape on his defensive back guys because you know I asked, I wanted to see if if there if he was gauging any starters or anything like that. So, uh, first I asked him if he watched any tape, and he said, No, didn't watch any tape. I said, Why do you not have time? He goes. No, um, he said he's been moving around a couple, for the last couple of years he's been moving around. You know, he, went, he was at Washington, then he went to Montana State. You know, that's two jobs in two years, and now this third job in three years. I think so,
2: even Indiana State in the middle of there. That's so. right, yeah,
1: Indiana State in the middle of there, too. So that's, what, four jobs in three, three and a half years? So he said the reason he doesn't look at tape is because he doesn't want, or he said, when I look at the tape of those guys, those guys are probably doing things that I'm not going to be asking them to do. And what use is that to me? I have to mold them to be my players anyways. And I'm like, okay. Then what about your starters? Who, who's the starters at your positions? Is it the guy with the experience? Is it the more talented freshman? Like, how does that work? And he said, I'm an equal opportunity employer. <laughs> and that's all he said. And I said, does that mean everyone's getting a clean slate? And he's like, yep, everyone gets a clean slate. Fresh start.
2: You know what's popping in my mind is Darius Allensworth's tweet this week where he's like, new DB coach is fire.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if awesome. he's talking to us like that, the media, <laughs> can you? I, can, I, can, I can't even fathom like how much fun it probably is in those team meetings. It's probably ridiculously fun with the DB coach. So, yeah, those are, those are my takeaways from the press conference this it's week.
2: It's cool. There's a lot of guys on that staff that know what it takes to get in the NFL. hmm mm-hmm. And people forget that we were a powerhouse for producing NFL talent.
1: Which we technically still are.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, still are. I haven't lost it, but, you know, we've been more one-sided. Yeah. And we, I mean, Lorenzo Alexander was the pro bowl MVP, which means nothing, but it's cool. (laughs) So um, he laid out, I don't know if
1: you saw, but he laid out Jimmy Graham and Jimmy Graham got furious. Yeah, I
2: I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy Graham was none too pleased. It's always funny when you see the players that are trying really hard in that game and then you see those that are not. Um, but anyways, uh, that's on to another point. Yeah. I think having that level of experience from a coaching level from guys like Gerald Alexander that knows the NFL as a player uh, to guys like our new D-line coach, who I, w- as, I won't even try and pronounce his real name. Uh, was with the 49ers for six years. Just call him Jerry. Uncle Jerry. Yeah. Uncle Jerry. Uncle Jerry. Uh, <laughs> His name is Jerry
1: Azenaro, so I'm just going to call him Uncle Jerry. <laughs> Did he approve that? I don't know. All right. We'll, uh, we'll find out.
2: <laughs> Tui Sopo who was <laughs> a quarterback with the Raiders. Like, we have these guys that all understand the journey, and I think that's really fundamentally important. Um, it's not that we didn't have that. It's not that like Greg Burns or you know wasn't a great coach or anything like that, but I think that someone that can show you the end destination say, hey, here's how you get here. Now let's focus on executing the process. It's much easier than the person who just paints the vision. You can paint the vision all you want, but when it comes down to it, you have to be really good at executing.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the big thing for me with all these hires and how, when I talk to them, the biggest takeaway was all of these guys kind of embodies and the way, the way they're talking is I can only imagine when they're talking to recruits. But um, they kind of sound like they're going to take the recruiting approach of like all-encompassing. So tell me if I'm wrong, okay, but this is how I imagine it is Ted Fur's reign when he went after recruits is hey, here's you, here's the NFL, here's how we're gonna get there. Okay? And that's kind of how that's kinda of how I imagine it. I look at Sonny's era here and I go, Hey, here's you, here's professional football, but here's the afterlife of football. Right. Right. That's that's what you're gonna that's that's what they were trying to sell. Mm-hmm. I look at this coaching staff and I go, here, here's the NFL, and that's there. That's just a midway point in your life. And here's the afterlife, too, of afterlife of football. And that's what this school is going to provide you. I think, I think they they combine the two, right? You combine the the, the prospect of, hey, if you come play for us, we're going to try and make you into an NFL player. And on top of that, if your NFL career doesn't pan out or even after you're done – what are you gonna do? You're gonna have a number one public education grad,
2: uh, graduation to to show for it, right? I think I think Tedford. I think that I believe that to be accurate. In his later years, he didn't sell the the school academic much. institution yeah. as much as he did as the end destination. With Sonny, I think he probably sold a little bit more of both of the dreams of of like accomplish your football career here, but have this. Amazing other option that if it doesn't work out, and that maybe this staff is saying, we're really here to help you get here, but the benefit of doing that at this school is that you end up getting a world class education um, that you can utilize to do something else, and so it's it's like that slight level of differentiation. Um, But I think you laid it out beautifully in regards to the differences. I, I imagine to be so. I mean. Could be a guess, but it it does seem... We've never been
1: to those recruiting meetings, It
2: does seem consistent. It would be interesting. Who knows? We were just talking about how old we are. Yeah. Could have a little tight come along and get recruited to (laughs) Cal and be like, oh, wow, I'm in one of these rooms (laughs) now. Are we at B-dubs? Are we (laughs) magically at B-dubs? solid Uh. move. (laughs) Be like, "Uh, excuse me, coach, you should know better than this. You have to take us to Top Dog (laughs) immediately. (laughs) <laughs> this shouldn't uh, be hard I went there for 40 <laughs> years This shouldn't be difficult
1: Which by the way I, I dropped by Berkeley yesterday And right now, So it's top So for those who are fans Who haven't been to Berkeley It's Top Dog Which is next to that flower shop Which is next to La Burita mm-hmm. Which is next to some old building That used to be there They re- renovated that building And is now an apartment complex On the first floor of that apartment complex Is a Taco Bell Cantina that just opened what? So the so this is the sad part about it. The lines for Taco Bell Cantina are out the door. No way. The lines for La Burita, they're swanny flies now.
2: Really? Yeah. What? Taco Bell's <laughs> done a really good job of rebranding. I'm shocked that people eat Taco Bell. La was never that good. I mean, I would never get it during the day. They microwaved my nachos. Like, eat, it was like, but... You know, 1 a.m. Every once in a while, that 3 a.m. Yeah, on that carne asada burrito. Yes, that was really split. good. So, I mean, also it depends on when you were there. So was it this dinner is time? Um, Swatty flies. Yeah, right
1: around dinner. It's like 5-ish.
2: I mean, that's not peak yeah. Lobo hours.
1: This is true. This is true. But it's just the fact that Taco Bell, you know, it takes away that aspect of Berkeley, right?
2: This is a total side note, uh, but well, I had the same issues when Chipotle came because I said, "How are you going to serve white rice on a white rice on a burrito?" And nobody listened to me.
1: It's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. Uh, all right, let's let's delve right into it. Let's delve right into uh, our National Sign Day. So we had, uh, I believe, seventeen.
2: No, <laughs> uh, less than that. No, less than that. I think we had like thirteen or fourteen. Fourteen.
1: Let me count this. One. I thought it was fourteen. Two. Three <laughs> four, five.
2: So for everyone who six, doesn't know what's going on right now, they seven, handed out a little uh, packet, which we nine, assume seven. that they sent to donors, Eleven, to some of the media four, that showed up, thirteen. and Rob is now counting fourteen. through fourteen. the pictures.
1: Fourteen. There's 14. I was right. All right. <laughs> so let's start from the top, all right? Let's go through these recruits uh, just one by one quickly, and uh, I think by the time we're done with this, we'll be the end of the podcast.
2: And the Warriors game.
1: Yeah, the Warriors game is, I I believe it's already over. Warriors won. Yeah. Yeah. Steph went off for 11 three-pointers and 39 points. Dear God. man, it's not human. Um, All right, let's start. I mean, this was the big name out of the recruits, in my opinion. The first one is uh, Biagio Ali Walsh, uh, running back out of Bishop Gorman Gorman High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, He is the grandson of the late, great Muhammad Ali. He rushed for 4,508 yards on and 65 touchdowns, leading his team to a record of 45-0 and 0 in three years.
2: So apparently Bishop Gorman, where he went, is one of the best football high schools in the country. Yep. And then on top of it, he's the grandson of Muhammad Ali. Yep. And then there's this third random fact that he's a male model. And yep. we're really not really sure how that factors into anything else. No. But Cal's been talking about it.
1: Yeah. He's a male model. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I actually looked this up because I was I was trying to figure out does this affect the scholarship and the like because he's being paid to do something right. Does that affect him as a as a player?
2: No, it and, only is if you're because I went through this yeah. with NCAA clearinghouse. Yeah. As long as he's not doing it on behalf of his football skills exactly. Issues. If he's
1: not yeah. If he's not benefiting from his football side of it, then it's all right. Yeah. Which is really hard to like
2: So I got I had an issue with that where I went to a, a conference with my dad and my family was in Orlando. Um and I so I played in a tennis tournament there just for fun with a bunch bunch of people there for a conference and won the whole thing. And they had a prize for it, which was a set of really nice Bose headphones at the time, uh-huh. which I still have. And they my mom had to accept the gift on my behalf cuz it would have ruined my eligibility had I accepted the wow. headphones that I won in a tennis tournament. Wow. Yeah, really interesting stuff. So
1: yeah, so I believe there
2: is no Which I think might still be illegal if my mom accepted it like yeah. <laughs> sure it's still the most, but no one really cares about It's all those about, loopholes. Like, <laughs> it's all those I'm weird. Pretty loopholes. Sure, like that's what happened to Maurice Clarret and like <laughs> <laughs>
1: But uh... Reggie Bush, his mom accepted the house on his behalf. Yeah,
2: exactly. There you go. So, I guess I'm just as bad as Reggie.
1: <laughs> Do we have any
2: trophies to take away from you? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely some not.
1: Re- some record books to take.
2: You my, like seventh place ribbon. <laughs> you guys gonna have that one? <laughs> Your
1: participation ribbon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for being here. Good <laughs> stuff today. Do you have those lemon slices from 15 years ago? Like yeah. well, we'll take those too. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I watched this guy's tape. Fast. He's really fast. Um, I definitely see him in the, the I wouldn't say javed Best, maybe the Shane Vereen mold. Um, I haven't seen a lot of his tape where he catches out of the backfield, but from what I've seen, he makes his reads well when he gets it and and just explodes out of the gaps, um, which, are, which is pretty solid in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm I'm very, very hyped. Uh, for for this one. But although, this one might pan, not, might not pan out for like another year or two. I don't think... He might, actually might even redshirt this year just because of... Yeah, we're stacked. Sh- yeah, the sheer amount of running backs we have. Um, anything else to add from this, Andy, on B.I. Show?
2: I just always think it's really interesting. You get somebody like this that, you know, number 27 overall running back in the country? Yep. 27 is not that many. No, it's not. So, um... Yeah, it's great. I'm curious who we're going to get at the running back, Coach. Do you have any idea if it's going to be Gould? I don't know.
1: I mean, that's that's what everyone wants. That's what, like, everyone's kind of whispering on Twitter. Like, But at the same time, you know, nothing surefire. I mean, everyone was whispering about Lake. Yeah. But then that fell through real quick. So, yeah, I mean, I hope it's Gould. I think both of us hope it's Gould. I think most people who followed Cal football for the last 10 to 15 years hope it's Gould.
2: If not, Steve Greatwood, only because I just did this whole, like, post on him, uh, you know, a lot of people credit him him for the running game success up at Oregon uh-huh. for so long. You know, like Michael James and Royce Freeman. And LeGarrette Blount. LeGarrette Blount <laughs> and others. Other uh, Jonathan D'Anthony Stewart. Yeah, D'Anthony uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And so we do already have someone, you know, that's been in it and is, and is really – well-regarded in that sense, too, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that he adds some experience to that,
1: regardless of who we hire as running backs coach, I think, because the running backs coach and the online coach are going to be are going be pretty well-versed with each other, you know, just because of the running game and also some of the passing game stuff, especially if we have a running back in to, to, for, as an extra blocker, too, so it'll be very interesting, to say the least. Uh, so, yeah, anything else on Biagio? Nope. Yeah. All right, on to the next one. Uh, the next one is D-Lionman Gabe Cherry out of Centennial High School in Bakersfield, California. Centennial is where our very own Trey Watson went, correct? Yep, yep. So he's an early admit, so he is actually already on campus. Um, let me just uh, give you some little notes that they ri- they've written on this little pam- nice little colored pamphlet for me. Is, uh, he was ranked as high as the nation's 30th strong side defensive end, according to rivals, while Scout had him as the number three defensive tackle in the state of California Big and ton. the number eight defensive tackle in the West. So the West includes all the West Coast schools, along with, I believe, like uh, uh, so like Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Arizona, I believe is like all-inclusive mm. of West. Um, he was a three-year varsity starter, compiled totals of one hundred thirty-six tackles, twenty-two tackles for loss, six point five sacks, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, twenty-three quarterback hurries in thirty-one career games. Not bad, not bad. He registered a career-high fifty tackles in twenty sixteen as a senior, while adding seven tackles for loss and two and a half sacks. Oh, this is this is a this is a Cal connection he has here. His great uncle, Dwayne Williams, was a center at Cal from ninety. 90- 1975 to 1976, when Joe Roth was the team's
2: quarterback. So he does have that connection there.
1: Anything anything of note for Gabe Terry?
2: I'm yeah. thoroughly impressed with him. Yeah. I had a position in need. so. He's good, a big boy. Good job, already. old staff. <laughs> <laughs> they did a good job with him. It's really cool that he enrolled early.
1: Yeah. All right, next one is uh, Alex Funches, defensive lineman from Trinity Valley Community College in Ryan and Ryan High School out in Denton, Texas. So he was ranked as high as the nation's number 10 junior college weak side defensive end, according to 247 Sports. Also had him as the number 13 overall player in Texas. I believe that's JUCO overall player. Uh, Played in 22 games during the last past two seasons at Trinity Valley Community College. 86 tackles, 10.5 sacks in in two years. His uh, first team All Southwest Junior College Conference selection in 2016, where he had 64 tackles and seven sacks, and led the Cardinals to an 11 and 11 and one overall record and a second consecutive league title.
2: I think it's really interesting what uh, Wilcox said on him is that he had arrived at Cal before our staff had arrived, but his they talked about body type being exactly what they're looking for and that he has an immediate impact. Yeah. Also, his Twitter is fruit snack killer. (laughs) And I don't know if that means he eats a lot of fruit snacks, so do I, but it could also mean that he takes, like, gummy bear fruit snacks, if those exist, and then sets up massive battlefields.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Does he play Risk with gummy bears? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. (laughs) Like Settlers of Catan with, with gummy bears? Yes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Please, I gotta ask and figure it out.
1: Three small gummy bears equals a town. <laughs>
2: First press conference. Excuse me, Fred Row. Alex, quick question. What does your Twitter handle mean? <laughs> <laughs> press pass. <three> votes. <laughs> All right, on to the next one. Right, on to
1: the next one. Uh, but I believe I think he actually might make an immediate impact just because we have Devontae Wilson gone, and we're gonna have to rotate a lot of guys into that D line. I think is he someone sense. that
2: could play in the Joker position?
1: I think so. I think he has that bodybuild. He has that J.J. Watt type and Vaughn Miller type bodybuild, right? I think he easily could. Yeah. All right. Next one is, of course, the, the crown jewel of this class is our quarterback Chase Garbers from Corona Del Mar High School in Newport Beach, California. Uh, he ranks as high as the nation's number 10 pack, pocket passer. He was ranked as the number 176th overall player, according to ESPN. So if you're on the ESPN Top 300, that, you're a big deal. So, yeah, he had high school totals of 9,260 yards of total offense, uh, 69% uh, completion percentage of his, on his career for 7,970 yards throwing and 90 touchdowns to only 10 interceptions. That's a pretty good ratio of <laughs> 9 to 1. Um, he also added 1,290 yards on the ground and 27 rushing touchdowns to make him responsible for a total of 117 scores. His four varsity wow. teams combined for a forty-seven and four overall record and a two hundred or and a twenty to twenty and oh Pacific Coast League mark while winning one state title and four conference crowns. One other interesting fact about Chase Garbers, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, he also is the starting center for his high school.
2: Yeah, stole one of my fun facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the cool thing about Chase Garbers is that he was in the participated in the lead elevens, which is huge. And um, he then was mentored by Davis Webb there. And his profile picture on Twitter is actually him and Davis Webb. Yep. And um, I got to believe that was a big factor. Influence. Yeah. Influence. And I mean, he, he puts up, you know, dangerous way of putting it, but he puts up like Rodgers-type numbers with what we're looking at. Um, Tony Franklin was a big touchdown-to-interception ratio guy. Yep. And... Uh, I think it's very interesting. Uh, 70% is ridiculous. Like, that's ridiculously accurate. So, I don't know. This is the big question for me. Like, quarterback seems wide open. Yep. Um, I think Bo Baldwin runs a little bit, like, likes a little bit more of an athletic quarterback. Yep. I don't know if Garbers is someone that um, looks like he can run.
1: 1,290 yards in four years. That's like 300 basically about 300 yards a season.
2: Yeah, not that much. Not that much. But senior year, he had 582 yards and 11 scores. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if we want the mobile quarterback or if we want the traditional pocket passer. But, yeah, this is definitely, I agree with you, crown jewel of the class.
1: Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, they did ask Bo Baldwin about the quarterback competition, and he did say that he has he doesn't know right now. He needs to actually get on, on the field and see guys. Um, and, of course... On top of that, you got Tuisa Sopo probably, you know, working with the guys too. So you got two pairs of eyes to figure out who our next starting quarterback is. And, you know, just judging from who we have in the stable, you got a pretty good selection. Um, I mean, we could talk about this for a minute or two is you got Vic Vermontes, who's, who's in my opinion, like the if – I'm just going to compare him to NFL players just to make the conversation easy. is He's the Russell Wilson type, you know, big upper body, can plow through guys – um, and also is very very good at making throws on the move with his feet. Then you got guys like Max Gilliam, who, in my opinion, is more of let's see who's a who's a mobile quarterback that throws that well. Um, I mean, I, Rodgers is one that comes to mind immediately, but that's like two. Too good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we can't use two Rogers comparisons. I, like, um, a, like a
1: Teddy Bridgewater type. Hmm. I think he's pretty good with his feet, or maybe a Deshaun Watson. That uh, I mean, since he'll be in the NFL now,
2: future Forty Nine er.
1: So yeah, you got those two guys, and then you guys got you guys you got guys like Ross Bowers. You know who who can move, but he's better as a pocket passer.
2: Mystery man.
0: Um,
1: yeah,
2: never got to really see him last year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the copter. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that race is wide open. and We'll know, you know, I think realistically, I hope we know by spring game. But I think realistically, we'll probably know like two weeks in the fall camp.
2: We got Davis Webb as a grad transfer late last year. Is there anything like that potentially or no? I don't think so. I don't, I don't see the staff going that route just because your
1: entire wide receiver court is young. Might as well build them up with a young QB as well. Hmm. I don't see the I don't see the reasoning behind getting another uh, experienced quarterback. Good to know. Yeah. That's just my that's my two cents. All right, on to the next one. Is uh, Kyle Harmon linebacker from Freedom High School in Oakley, California. So that's we finally got a local kid. Local linebacker. Couple of them. Yeah, a couple of them. Uh Three-time Bay Area news group, all Bay Area selection who led his team in tackles in each of his three prep seasons. Finished with career totals of 405 tackles, three 30.5 tackles for loss, and 11 sacks. Earned Bay Valley Athletic League Defensive MVP honors as a senior in 2016 when his team won its first 11 games before finishing 11-2 and two and ranked number 13 in California in the final max prep polls.
2: Thoughts? I, I really like what Wilcox said on focusing on the Bay Area mm-hmm. and the things that are closest to them, like getting it right at home first, yeah. and then branching out from there. Yeah. So this is the beginning of that. Yeah. And there's a couple guys. Um, Gavin mm-hmm. is the other one who's in Sacramento, and those coaches up there are like, yeah, we haven't seen like Cal coaches in a while. Yeah. Um. So to c- come out and get somebody like this. Is a I think is a, it's a big win for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did say at the press conference today, too, was that, like, we're going to recruit from the Bay Area and go outward. That doesn't mean we're not going to go to Georgia or Texas or New Jersey. If we have the connection there, we're going to go out there and get it. And I think the big thing was he said that, all like, a lot of the – how we're going to recruit in the Bay Area, like he said, you'd be surprised at the amount of connections we already have. Like, the coaching and positional staff – that already have relationships with Bay Area high school coaches and those schools is pretty is pretty deep. Um, so if he's already got that set, he's already in better position to succeed in terms of Bay Area recruiting than Sonny was. Yep. All right, on to the next one. Ah, the fun one. Wide receiver Jeremiah Hawkins. Um, so he's an athlete. I don't know if they'll actually use him at wide receiver, uh, but I hope I think they might. I think they will. Uh, but Buena Park High School, um, he, uh, let's see, went to the same high school as Tariq Johnson, who was an early enrollee here too. He is the uncle of safety Jalen Hawkins. Don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> so just his little stats, is a three-year prep varsity player, solid all-around threat, who compiled 2,314 all-purpose yards, including 2012 over his final two high school campaigns dang that means he had over a, th- a thousand all-purpose yards in his junior and senior year Jeez. um had his most productive season as a receiver during his junior campaign when he earned first team all freeway league honors by registering career highs of 45 catches 775 yards receiving with five touchdown grabs and as a junior also helped his team to 10 and 3 all-time record and third into the third round of the southern section of the Southwest Division playoffs. One thing I do want to note about both Jeremiah Hawkins' stats and also Tariq Johnson's stats is you might be like, oh, that's underwhelming. The Buena Park offense apparently had a lot of good offensive weapons. So they spread the ball around a lot more than, you know, any of those high schools where they just threw to one guy. Like D-Rob's stats when he was in high school are through the roof. But that's because they either they ran with the ball to him or they threw the ball to him, and he just racked up everything. So yeah, they just had a lot more weapons to to use. So that's a
2: little asterisk on his stats. Thoughts? I'm excited. I'm still. I'm impressed. I think there's there's good a lot of good talent. He's tiny. <laughs> He's only five eight. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see where he slots in. But he's. I. They showed off his tape and they showed him.
1: Uh, what's it? What pun returning and kick returning? That. That is where I want to see him get starts right away. Mm. Oof, the guy's fast. If you have him and D Rob line back there, like I don't. There's not much you can do.
2: I don't know if we will put D Rob back there. Why risk an injury? You think we will? Oh, I think we will. he if they're doing it with uh, a Dory Jackson, then the, they'd do it with D Rob. Yeah. Might
1: as well put your best athlete back there. Yeah. See if he can make something happen. Uh, The next one was the surprise of this offseason. Elijah Hicks, the defensive back from La Mirada High School in Long Beach, California. Uh, He ranks as high as the nation's number 19 athlete, according to rivals. He's the number 25 quarterback in the country by scout. The Whittier Daily News All-Area Player of the Year. As a 2016 senior, when he totaled 1,001 all purpose yards, 10 touchdowns, 40 tackles, and five interceptions, compiled two year varsity totals at La Mirada of 1,324 all purpose yards and 15 touchdowns. Uh, one more thing to note of Elijah Hicks was he was a Notre Dame commit, flipped to Cal, committed, and enrolled the week that we fired Sonny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so funny to me. It's so funny. Even Wilcox's quote is, Elijah showed his true commitment to Cal by arriving on campus as a mid-year enrollee when there was not even a new head coach in place yet. Like That is the first quote. That is the first sentence of the quote. <laughs> he literally was that committed to Cal that he didn't need to coach. So That's, all. that's amazing. He immediately becomes my favorite player in the class.
1: I look at this and I say, two years from now, okay, two years from now, the starting corners at California, not including the nickel, but the starting corners at California will most likely be Elijah Hicks and Nigel Edmonds. Mm, Yeah. I I am saying that concurrent, like just as foremost as possible. I think that's gonna happen just because. In two years? In two years. Yeah, that's a good one. Just Just the athleticism that they have. I think Josh Drayton is gonna be a good holdover between the two groups. And he's good. Josh Drayden is good too. And I'm not taking him out of the equation. I just think from a talent standpoint, coming out of high school, these two guys are who I see becoming like our version of King and Buddha Baker. Like mm-hmm. that's that's how I see it. That's just me.
2: Wait, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. didn't Baker play linebacker?
1: I think mean King and
2: um was Sydney Jones or something. Oh Jones,
1: sorry, yeah. Sydney. I was watching something on Paxwell Network today and they were talking about mm-hmm. baker. so I just immediately registered that name but yes King and Jones that's who it is yeah any thoughts on Elijah Hicks
2: I'm just claiming him now as my favorite player from the class <laughs> you're <laughs> so claiming him he's mine okay. so you can't
1: take him damn it no I already have um, the next one's already my favorite so ooh yeah the next one's my favorite build the suspense yeah next one my my man my man <laughs> Wide receiver Tariq Johnson out of Buena Park High School. He is the teammate of Jeremiah Hawkins. Um, He is a four-star recruit and member of the prestigious ESPN 300 list, ranks as high as the nation's number 37 wide receiver and 273 player overall on ESPN. A two-year starter who compiled prep totals of 19 games for 61 receptions, 884 yards, and 10 touchdowns. A solid contributor for a pair of prep teams that combined for a 20 and five overall record and a nine and one freeway football league mark with one conference title and a pair of trips to the CIF Southern Section Division Three playoffs. Man, that's a mouthful. Uh, I love this guy's tape. Uh, I'm gonna say it out front now. I mean, the guy, the kid is what I think six four. The guy has an amazing catch radius. You throw anything in his vicinity and he's gonna come down with it. Uh, coming out of his breaks, uh, I, I think his footwork maybe need a little more work. But as for that size right now, you could utilize that right away. Uh, just, just plug him on a down-and-in or a quick slant on a, any small DB, and you have a touchdown right there. I, it's simple. It's very simple. I, that's what I expect of Austin Aaron or Carlos Strickland. Of course, Aaron moved on. Strickland also moved on. So he's that next type. Uh, but I also look at him, and I say, like, people might, people might not agree with me, but I look at his f- what he can do, and I could potentially see him maybe becoming a tight end too. Hmm. With that size, fill out his body a little more, see what he can, and he already has his pass-catching abilities. If he if he's good at coming out of a, of a what's it, hands-on-the-field stance and he's good at blocking, then I don't see why you don't turn that guy with that type of size and that kind of pass-catching ability into no a tight end.
2: Yeah, for everyone that doesn't know, Rob's been talking about Tariq for a while. Yeah. So when since he, 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 since he committed. Player, yeah. Wasn't a surprise. Um, I think it, you're right to be excited about him. He's, uh, he had a lot of interest from other schools, too. Yeah. I'm
1: very hyped. <laughs> and he's already on campus, too. That also helps. All right, the next one.
0: Oh, we got Titans. <laughs> We're recruiting Titans.
1: Where was this a year ago? Like moose, know, moose. Do you remember this? Like last year, there was a there was that De La Salle tight end, uh, Devin Asiasi, number mm. one tight end in the country. Mm.
2: Where do you go, Michigan? Dang. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
1: but let's get to it. Ben Moose, Pullman High School, Pullman, out of Pullman, Washington, is a tight end. Uh, he was uh, actually one of the ones that was on an official visit this past weekend. Decommitted from Utah and then committed to us on the spot. So
2: good work, Evan Weaver.
1: Good work. Saw so extensive. So these are his little notes. Saw so extensive action on both sides of the ball at tight end, and at defensive end, compiling 125 receptions for 1,670 yards and 10 touchdowns on offense, as well as 121 tackles and 13.5 tackles for loss and 6.5 tackles on defense, or 6.5 sacks on defense. Earned first-team All-Great Northern League honors as a tight end in 2016 when his squad uh, had its best season of his career, including an 8-3 overall record, a GNL title, and a trip to the second round of Washington's 2A state playoffs. He is the son of current Washington State A.D. Bill Moose.
2: Technically, I was wondering, is it—he's director of
1: athletics. Is it the same as athletic director? <laughs> That's what I wondered, but I think it is.
2: I think it has to be. <laughs> At first, I was thinking, but— I feel like we would have heard of him if he was the Oregon and like Washington State athletic director, but maybe
1: not. Maybe not. Huh. We also don't care about other schools' athletic directors unless they went to Cal.
2: Like, yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Like, the only one I can think of right now is like the one, the only other AD that we ever talk about every once in a while is like Sandy Barber.
2: Yep. That's pretty much it. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah, the names yeah. of any other ADs. <laughs> Fair. Or I know, I know SC's AD. Oh yeah, forgot his name. Lynn Swan. Yeah, but
1: that's the only the only reason is because he's a former NFL player. That's, that's the only reason. There's <laughs> nothing that. to
2: do with him being an athletic director. <laughs> no, nothing. What you're saying. Nothing. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, uh, coach. Uh, they asked him about the two tight ends, Ben Moose and uh, uh, Reinwald. He said that Moose is more of a Y, so he's more of a pass, pass catching, uh, you know, yeah. heavy set, hands on the ground type guy. And they said uh, Reinwald is more of an H. Yeah, so I like this. I like that we're getting the tight ends. <laughs> Moose, Moose, out of the two wide receivers, at least body type-wise, looks like a guy who can already play. He might be able to get in some packages um, on offense. I like this kid. Uh, I like his size. I like, I when, I when they were showing his tape at the thing, I like his pass-catching ability. I love the fact that he can destroy guys out on the edge. Uh, granted, of course, the size difference is probably there compared to you know, playing D1 uh, college football. But um, he got his his blocking wasn't that it was just powerful. It was he made sure he got the right angle on the blocks. So he made sure he – as he gets the block, he seals them to the outside so that gap is opened yeah. up. His that's tape, huge. His tape was amazing.
2: Yeah. Like his, <laughs> his, the blocking – I can't even begin to explain. It's really hard to watch that tape and, be, and really know because you don't know the size of the other players in the competition. Yeah. But – Holy smokes! He's just dominating people in the field. Uh, clearly, a nightmare ma- mismatch for every single team they played. And the dream scenario that you drew up for Tariq Johnson is the scenario that was in reality in his huddle tape for Moose. Is that like literally just a quick out? <laughs> you could just tell like there's nothing they could do about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that it's that Madden play, right?
2: The, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, no one
1: could stop. That was my favorite one. Yeah, the PA boot out where the tight end leaks on mm-hmm. a quick slant <laughs> runs with you. Yep. <laughs> that's unstoppable. Unless have...
2: the other player knows how to play, like, defensive end defense. Yeah. If the
1: other it's player tough. knows how to play defensive end, then you just, you, you basically spy with the defensive end. And then when you see that pass happen, just click triangle or Y, and that's an interception. <laughs> <laughs> Madden tip of the day. Yeah. Sponsored by, by
2: Taco Bell.
1: You know the pod is on the field is apparently sponsored by Taco Bell, or that's what that's what Nam's trying to push. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's are we are we trying to push Taco Bell as well? No, no. What what would you want us to push? Gordos, Gordos. Okay,
2: sponsored <laughs> by Gordos. Guaranteed, no one that that no one from Gordos ever listens to our no, pod. No, no. Unfortunately, unfortunately
1: not. All right, the next one. Uh, he has the name of this class, right? There's no way he does not have the name of this class, offensive lineman from Desert Pines High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. Putasi Putasi, what Putassi a great Putassi. name! Great name. But before we go on to his little spiel, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to him. Uh, I believe his mom is in the hospital. Um, yeah. Oh, she passed away. Yeah. So she passed away this morning. Um, sorry. We we are we are actually conflicted on what the rumors what the what the details were. So, so we have confirmed that she has passed away this morning. Um, And so, yeah, uh, he posted this thing about, you know, how today was supposed to be like a happy day for him. But, you know, as much as he's happy, he lost his mom, which is, which is huge.
2: Devastating. Yeah. I can't even imagine. So definitely like thoughts and prayers going out to him and things like signing day feel a whole lot less significant.
1: Without oh, yeah. your parents. Yeah. 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 Even Wilcox did say that he talked to him this morning um, and that, uh, he, hey, the staff and everyone is going to do everything to help him and his family through this tough time. So, I don't, of course, I don't think those are just words either. I think they're legit. Uh, but going on to his uh, little notes here, ranks as a top offensive guard in the state of Nevada, checks in as high as 30 nationally, according to Scout. A two-time All-State selection of Las Vegas Journal- uh, review in his final two campaigns, also earned Nevada Division One A State Lineman Year of the Year Lineman of the Year honors as a 2015 junior, and after his 2015 senior season, was selected to play in both the Blue Gray All American Bowl and the Polynesian Bowl. Man,
2: we have a lot of players that are in like the top 30 of their respective positions. Yeah, solid, solid. Yeah.
1: All right, the next one. Another tight end, Gavin Reinwald of Elk Grove High School, in Elk Grove, California. Sacramento. Yep. So a key member of prep squad that combined for 34-6 and six overall record, two Delta League titles, three deep runs in the, uh, the sacramento Hawkins section playoffs, including a trip to the finals during his 2015 junior season. Earned Delta League Co-Offensive Player of the Year and Sacramento B All-Metro Honors as well as first-team all-conference recognition for the second straight season as a 2016 senior. Posted career totals of 110 receptions, 1,873 yards, and 30 touchdowns.
2: Hmm.
1: Anything pop out
2: to you? I, I watched his tape. Yeah? Yeah, he, I mean, he he looked fast. That's the thing I was surprised. Is I, thought he looked, I thought he looked fast. I looked he had good hands. Um. Seems just like another – this seems to be the body type that – uh, you know coach wilcox really wants Yeah, so i'm glad we have more than a few of them
1: Yeah, I like it. Um, I like this this hire a lot or this this get a lot Um, because you're getting two different types of tight ends, right and now you can You can kind of mix and match and play around with what you think is going to be the best All right, the next one only a couple more to go. Here we go. Uh offensive lineman michael S- Saffel. It's not Saffel. It's Safel. <laughs>
2: Oh, um, really? It's not Saffel? Yeah. It's Lame. not Saffel,
1: yeah. Uh, ranks as high as the nation's number 14 center by 247 Sport, named the Sunset League Offensive Lineman uh, of the Year in each of his final two prep campaigns. And he has a whole bunch of honors this senior year. He earned first-team all-state, first-team all-county, first-team all-region, re- first-team all-area, first-team all-southern section, first-team all-Sunset League honors.
2: Insane. That's, yeah, it's great. I, yeah, I'm consistently surprised. I mean... Once again, number four... I mean, we don't really count two, four, seven sports because yeah. most of the things they do is wrong. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's really impressive. Like, there seems to be a fair amount of quality here.
1: Yeah. I watched his tape. This kid destroyed his competition. Like, I... I, Yeah, as... as Once again, you just don't know from some of these tape like what their level of competition they're playing against is. But he broke out in the second level and was just plowing guys into the ground... On every play that they showed,
0: <laughs> so
1: yeah, I think he can grow into that center role. I think that's I think that's a big big help because we have Ooms at center right now, mm-hmm. but we don't have that that next like year or two later center to go behind him. I think this fits the bill. All right, uh, last two, uh, but the first one is defensive back Daniel Scott from St. Francis High School in La Canada, California. Uh, had a strong 2016 senior season and earned several honors, including Pasadena uh, Star News Area and Angeles League Defensive Player of the Year, as well as Pasadena Sports, now All-Purpose Player of the Year. Posted career highs on both sides of the ball as a senior with 70 tackles, four tackles for loss, five interceptions on defense, 41 receptions, 688 yards receiving, and 10 touchdowns on offense. Anything to note? Not much. Yeah, I don't – I think. I think – I hate saying this, but I think this was more of a depth acquirement than it was, like an immediate impact acquirement, or like a guy they see maybe, maybe it's a diamond in the rough.
2: Yeah, I I mean, Um, definitely if he's calling him a sleeper. Yeah, yeah, I I just didn't, I just don't know that much about Daniel Scott. I've no, for some reason, kind of skipped over a lot of his stuff, but um, there's nothing like players that come along late. Yeah, and it's all about potential with the college recruiting, and so and this was some. This was Gerald Alexander's work, I believe. Yep, yep.
1: And then of course the last one is I think both of us like this guy, uh, defensive back Brandon Smith. Uh, lot. Yeah, lot. from Paraclete High School, in Lancaster, California. That's actually the same high school as Melky Stovall. Good knowledge. Good knowledge. Uh, made <laughs> made significant contributions on offense, defense, and special teams for three seasons of prep football. Prep career totals include one thousand six hundred twenty-four all-purpose yards, sixty-eight tackles, five interceptions, twenty-two passes defended, and one forced fumble. His senior year, he had uh, thirty-eight receptions for three hundred seventeen receiving yards on offense, and thirty-eight tackles for four interceptions and eleven passes defended.
2: Wow! Yeah, I think he's going to be really good. I, uh, I, I, his tape, his tape was the most impressive of any tape that I watched. He. He literally ran by people. Yeah. I've never seen. It was like watching Deshaun. <laughs> yeah. Like, Goodbye. Yeah. Kick returns. He, he, he didn't have the best. What I noticed is he didn't have the best form. Like, he, I saw him get turned around in his huddle tape. He literally went the wrong direction and then turned around again. Like, full spin, caught up with the defender and deflected the pass. And I was like, that's pretty impressive if you have that raw talent. Yeah. And um, you can get him with a coach that can really coach him up. I, I think for, I am very excited. About this about, kid? Yeah, about this kid.
1: Yeah, I mean, his, his special teams ability alone is huge. We I That's what I like about this class. We've got a bunch of guys that we could put back at special teams, and I'm not scared of. We have more options at on special teams now in terms of returning. Because last year, who was it? It was Calfani, Trey, uh, D-Rob, Vic Wharton.
2: Yeah. And that was about it. I mean, punts was pretty much like, Wharton, a yeah. lot. And then kick returns. was really like Cal Fawny and Trey. Yeah. Almost all season But long. now and you got... A little D-Rob mixed in there. Right. But now you got guys like Elijah Hicks, guys
1: like uh, Jeremiah Hawkins, guys like Brandon Smith can all do it. Mm-hmm. And they all did it in high school. So that already helps that they have the experience of doing it. Um, the big thing for me, the one takeaway from Brandon Smith was he's a uh, track star. He's actually really good. I, I don't know if he'll run track at Cal. He might. But judging from, just from his speed on that sheet... I believe the hundred meter was what uh, ten point four seconds. Ten
2: point six seven. Ten point six seven. Oh my god. Two hundred twenty-one fifty-seven, but it was wind aided, so <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> could have really boost your speed. He <laughs> <laughs> you had the nitro going in that one. <laughs> <It's> so
1: funny. <laughs> you could put nitro boosters on me, and I don't think I could run that fast, anyways.
2: That's really that's, – this is cool. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's quick.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see him. Uh, but most of these guys won't come in until the fall, so we won't see him until fall camp. That's okay. Sadly. Um, yeah. But that's, that's our recruiting class. That's it. That's it? Yeah.
2: What did you think about this recruit class? It was a question mark? You know, I guess it was more – you know, it's kind of funny because more of, like, recruiting classes of yesteryear – have been a lot of build-up to the day Mm -hmm. and flipping some people and some people flipping away. And for this one, for the most part, kind of went as planned. You know, Roddick was the only one that really didn't go as planned. So, um, you know, and people, is it it Daquan Patton? Is that his name? So he didn't qualify academically. And then Paul Scott didn't qualify academically. And it's like, so it's hard to count those as really like flips. It's like they just didn't get in um it actually went according to plan so that's good Yep. Yeah. it just wasn't like but the plan was like one week old yeah but it, i still remember sunday's class pretty well that first one and i remember him grabbing a couple of guys that we thought were going to be you know maybe those under the radar recruits they could yeah. come in and uh we got one guy who went to san jose state and i He's no. never seen the field. I can't remember his name, but, like, no. got guys two like and three-star linebackers. There. Devontae Downs, too. And then, and then,
1: I mean, maybe. Devontae still could. Yeah.
2: I mean, I kind of look at, like, almost like Noah Westerfield, too. Like, I always expected big him, things from him, and we really haven't seen it yet. So, not that we couldn't. We You know, never know with new staff, new scheme. So, I'm excited. There's actually a lot, as you go deeper into it, um, of talent there. yeah. And we all know that stars don't really mean much, much. Yeah, They mean a little. They do. But they don't mean it's not the whole picture.
1: Yeah. Um, what do you think? I like this recruiting class. Um, I think it builds depth for our future. What, I do, think. You think are,
2: what do you think are final thoughts? Yeah. What, what do you think are what would, in your mind, make this a good class and separate it from just, just an average class? Like, what would you have to see over the next, let's say, two, three years? I think we pull,
1: if from this recruiting class, if we look back and we go, wow, that was a lot better than we expected, mm-hmm. then it would, we would have to pull at least four or five starters out of there. Um, and, like, solid starters. Um, I'd even stretch it to say um, one guy would be in, like, at least contention for all conference.
2: What if Garbers was just, like, a stud? And everyone else sucked. (laughs) Like, what if Garver's... I'd say we did a good job. Really? Yeah. Just one? Yeah, I mean,
1: just because the quarterback position is such a huge position of necessity in, in terms of maintaining a good program. Like, if your quarterback is decent to good, you won't be bad, right? At the very least. So just maintaining – and especially in college football where if you start a freshman or sophomore in terms of a, at a quarterback, you're going to see him at that position consistently with the ball in his hands for the next two, three years. Yeah. Versus any other position is the ball isn't going to come to them. Like everything else is non-ball-based, you know. Like wide outs aren't going to get the ball unless the quarterback throws it to him. Running backs aren't going to get the ball unless the quarterback hands it off to him. Like – so in terms of like the offensive positions, definitely. Uh, the defensive positions – yeah, I think uh, as much as we say like this this recruiting class will be like a, a not applied, you know, like an NA sign in terms of how we look at Wilcox's career, I, I will say this might be one of those where we look back at the positional coaches and how well they do with these guys. You know, like Alexander having all those DBs that we already have, plus, you know, the speed guys that we got with Braden and, and Elijah Hicks. And we look at that. Three four years from now, we go. Wow, he coached those guys up to be these guys. He's pretty dang good. Um, I think that's that's where I, th- I find that, that success. Because some of these position coaches that we have aren't going to stay for a very long time, but they're not going to be here for the short term either, right? We didn't hire the stud guys that'll only be here for a year or two and then end up being a head coach elsewhere, like Edwards Alexander. These guys will probably be here from three to minimum three to maybe 5 7 years. And then at that point maybe they'll get a defensive coordinator gig or an offensive coordinator gig or they'll they'll you know get a jump up, you know, to a different co- coordinator position. But if this is where they're making their that career step and they do that in the right fashion, that only benefits us as a program because they'll leave the cupboard stocked before they leave and just have that type of pedigree, I guess, at the, at those positions. Like the whole running back thing with Ron Gould, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We, it's just, if we had kept him, then I think that pedigree stays. Yeah. But that pedigree was already there starting from before J.J. Arrington's time. And it just built Continue and built after. and built. Exactly. So, yeah, those are, those are my thoughts about this class.
2: All right. All right.
1: That pretty much wraps it up for us here. Um, we'll be back next week with probably a little more of a formal... Basketball. Basketball talk. Yeah, yeah. Next tomorrow. week, we, we actually got to talk more basketball. Yeah, but there is a game tomorrow. Uh, or today, if you're listening to this on Thursday against Colorado at 6 p.m. I believe it's on Pac-12 networks. Um, so yeah, stay tuned to that. I'll be tweeting from the Golden Block Surer account. So
2: yeah, U- Utah,
1: pay. Utah. Sorry, Colorado's on Sunday. Utah. Okay. Utah. Wait,
2: so Colorado's at home on Sunday. Yep.
1: Yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. Yep. At one o'clock. And when's the game? One o'clock. When's the Super Bowl? Three thirty. Tight squeeze. Very mm-hmm. tight squeeze. I might try to do that with both. Yeah, I might try to do it too. All right. All right, but that settles it. Uh, Once again, find us on iTunes, all that good stuff. And as always, go Bears.
2: Go Bears. You knew it! What?
0: mypatriotsupply.com